are listening to Up To Me Radio, the best in inspirational talk radio. It's up to me. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Finding Your Forte podcast. I'm really excited about the episode we have planned for you today. Uh, this show, as you, if you are a repeat listener, you know that the show is all about people, um, organizations, and high-performing teams pursuing purpose um, and in a way to focus their impact. And today we have an opportunity to focus on an organization whose missions I've come, I have come to intimately know and love. And I'm a huge fan of the leader that I have the pleasure of introducing you to today. Um, I'm going to welcome to our show, Melissa Torres. She's the uh, president and executive director uh, for the Forum on Education Abroad. Hello, Melissa. Hi, Reggie. So pleased to be here. Thank you. Thank you for joining us today. I know that you have been crazy busy um, <laughs> over the last few weeks, and that coming right behind our completion of our strategic articulation process. So you have been going for a little while, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, really, ever since the start of COVID, uh, it's been a roller coaster. Um, our, our field has you know, really been impacted and uh, we've been just going nonstop trying to help our members um, get through the pandemic. Yeah, I, um, I, I think that is a very fascinating um, exploratory conversation we can have that I really wanna get into because um, I mean, obviously COVID has impacted so many organizations in such different ways. We just finished talking about uh, a small business that's really thriving, your sister's small business is really thriving. And then, you know, for you all, it's been about uh, navigating a future forward on, some, on a mission that's really important through something that's really become constrained during this time. So I want to come back to that, but I would be remiss if I didn't start with um, just giving uh, listeners an opportunity to meet to meet you, learn a little bit about your background and how you have recently come to this organization, this work, and why it's so you know such a such a fulfilling passion for you. Oh, it's it's an amazing field to work in. Um, I have have worked in international education for over twenty years now, and I. Um, kind of fell into the profession uh, accidentally. 
Um, our field has, has grown and professionalized quite a lot uh, since, uh, since I joined it. And um, I guess what draws me to it is the ability to impact students' lives. Uh, yeah. Education abroad is, is really one of those experiences that sticks with a person for their whole life. Uh, and that's been backed up by research that um, shows it's one of the most impactful um, uh, experiences that college students have. And yes. I, I uh, am a first generation college student myself. My dad was a mechanic. My mother uh, was a, a grocery store cashier. And um, to be able to work with colleges and universities across the country and around the world, uh, as, as well as education abroad organizations that do such important work is, is really a privilege. Um, That's so awesome. I, um, I want to really kind of, uh, you know, kind of stabilize our conversation by, you know, starting out really with you just kind of giving a, just a, a, a fundamental overview uh, for our listeners on who the Forum on Education Abroad is and what your work is, um, and maybe even tell, talk about this kind of annual conference that you all have, that you just, that you just wrapped up successfully. Sure. Um, I, I never tire of talking about the Forum. Um, oh. We are a 501c3 nonprofit membership association. Uh, we're hosted by Dickinson College in Carlisle, Pennsylvania. And we're recognized by the U.S. Department of Justice and the Federal Trade Commission as the standards development organization for the field of education abroad. Uh, and what that, may, that means in plain English is that we have the responsibility for setting standards for high quality at abroad programs. And colleges, universities, program providers, uh, they're all supposed to adhere to and follow the standards. Um, before COVID, we had uh, just over 800 members, and uh, we're down to about 650 now, but um, a very committed and loyal membership. Um, our mission is uh, to cultivate educators who champion high-quality education abroad experiences that ignite curiosity, impact lives, and contribute to a better world. So it's a really lofty mission, but it's alive and well, and we think about this uh, really in everything that we do. Uh, to, maybe to situate the organization, we just uh, are we're actually just in the process of celebrating our 20 year anniversary. That's and <laughs> thank you, thank you. And um, part of that celebration has been looking back at the founding of the organization and uh, what it stood for and why people came together to, to form this organization. And then also taking stock of where we are and, and where, where the field is headed and, and so where the forum uh, is, is headed by um, um, as a result. I um I really want to go back and talk about something that you teed up earlier that I think is the part of your mission that I get as excited about and gives me kind of warm palpitations about what you all do for our world to make it better. And that is just the enrichment of creating um, a global perspective in students and how 
you have taken, you know, kind of ownership and accountability for setting the standards about how that happens. Um, and you'll likely recall, we'll talk about the process that we went through here shortly, but you'll likely recall, I probably, you, you may have noted, I got really excited about um, the usefulness and relevance of that in the world we live today. And how important it is that, um, you know, especially when you think about some of the strife and some of the challenges that are not only global issues, but are national and local and community issues. Really, if you start kind of pulling back, pulling up the weeds and tracking it down to kind of where these problems came from, in a lot of cases, is just, you know, kind of a lack of exposure to people unlike yourself. That's right. You know what I mean? right. And so the fact that you all are have institutionalized creating that experience for students, you know, and setting standards for the way to do that in a, you know, kind of a safe and um, practical and intentional way, I think is such a noble and noteworthy mission. Well, you know, it doesn't happen by accident. Uh, you know, even if students travel to another country or study in another, another culture, um, they don't automatically learn the, the things that we want them to learn. They don't, they don't uh, necessarily develop the relationships with the local community or the respect for the local community. Um, those have to be intentionally designed by experts who understand how to help students get from where they are to, to really thinking and becoming global, thinking like and becoming global citizens. And um, I think that's, that's where the profession of, of education abroad really comes into play in helping students um, take that local context that they know well, but then also understand um, Issues like climate change or the pandemic are great examples. They don't know boundaries or borders. They don't respect, um, you know, uh, countries' uh, uh, borders. But they, it's it's absolutely imperative that we understand um, and work together as a global community to address those issues, both locally, nationally. And and globally, ultimately, if we're going to succeed, which is the which is the thing I get really excited about because uh, I can't think of another organization that has taken ownership of creating that convening, not necessarily directly with the students, but with educators and administrators and uh, you know deans and you know. Uh, uh, like professionals that have taken ownership for creating those experiences for students across the globe and having them do that in an, in an intentional way with the work that you all do to impart knowledge and create professional development opportunities. Um, and I know you just completed the, the kind of primary um, channel for that, creating that convening with your conference, would you share a little bit more about the conference you just completed and perhaps maybe even share some of the things that 
were discussions that really important discussions that you all had? Sure. So um, one of the things that that drew me to this field originally um, is the open sharing of knowledge. And, and the forum is a very strong organization because our members are willing to share um, not only what has worked well and what resources they've developed at their institutions, but also what hasn't worked and where their challenges and their fears are. Um, and so it's very powerful when you have a group of people that are extraordinarily committed to the same mission uh, and working in a, in a similar role, if not, the environments are very different, but in a, in a similar capacity with similar goals and, and you're able to, to share and have those, those open, honest conversations. Uh, so every year we have an annual conference. It's normally a face-to-face -face event. Um, last year, we were two weeks away from the annual conference when uh, the COVID-19 lockdown restrictions began. And so uh, really with two weeks notice, we decided to pivot to a virtual conference. Wow. And we, we pushed the date out a little bit uh, into, into uh, April and gave ourselves six weeks to train 120 <laughs> presenters, to get uh, over a thousand participants uh, into the new system uh, and uh, get a hundred exhibitors set up. Uh, so it was a, a Herculean effort yeah. last year. And um, remarkably, we were really good at it. And, and our team learned a lot of new skills. So uh, since that time, we've done almost 40 virtual events, including wow. the second virtual conference, which just happened last year. Uh, I'm sorry, last week. And uh, it's seems like a year ago already, <laughs> but it was just last week. And, um, you know, and we had 600 people attend that. Uh, and I think it's because, again, people are hungry to connect with each other, to understand uh, how different institutions are responding and reacting to the crisis. And, and we're really, we've spent months now talking about not just uh, rebuilding the field of education abroad, but restructuring it so that it's, it's, it's more equitable, it's accessible to more people. The resources that we're, we're creating and sharing are, um, can, be, can be used by institutions outside the United States as well. We have a, a, about 10% of our members are international, uh, internationally based. And, you know, and we're intentionally trying to cultivate more relationships and partners with folks in other countries so that everyone gets the benefit of this learning and, we're, and we impact more students. That's that's so fascinating, and uh, I gotta you know as you shared that, I'm reminded um, of the unique the unique opportunity and honor I had um, just uh, with a microcosm of the folks that you're talking about um, that serve on the um, on, on a committee that you all created to. Um, architect your your vision forward to be able to realize the mission that you described earlier. Um, and having gone, having gone through that experience with 
folks that are so keenly and intentionally tuned into that mission and were willing to show up and do whatever was asked of them, obviously, sometimes even without knowing what they were, they were um, um, you know, providing, um, <coughs> excuse me, got us through um, a really powerful and inspiring process to articulate your strategic plan forward. And personally, I consider that quite an honor. I mean, it, you know, yes, it's what I, you know, kind of do professionally and, um, you know, was able to bring to bear the offering we have around this, but it was about so much more than that. We're working with the group. And I just, I, I commend you uh, for the work you did to uh, kind of mobilize that group and engage them in a way that in, enable them to show up in such a powerful and impactful way. Um, you had a pretty powerful partnership with your board chair with Inda Carroll. Uh, shout out to Inda uh, from this conversation um, that you all, that you both did what was required to create really what I consider to be some career long relationships. I still see those folks on LinkedIn and um, it was just a, I think, you know, laudable experience to work with such a, you know, just high caliber of people and get them all on the same page to articulate a vision. Well, thank you. I, I appreciate those kind words. Um, let's not minimize the fact that um, the reason that we were able to engage in that process is because we had you as our fearless leader and you know, you motivated people to stay involved and to, to bring their best thinking to a really important effort. And, and that, again, that doesn't happen by accident, right? It doesn't happen just because you get a group of people together in a Zoom room. Um, you need that, that leadership um, and, and vision for where, where this process is going. And- um, Well, thank you. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate that. that that's quite kind, you know, but we, and, and we could easily sit and argue about whose, whose <laughs> contribution were, were most important, but let's just both uh, kumbaya <laughs> and celebrate that it happened and the right people showed up for the right conversations for us to create what I think is a pretty powerful result. Well, I, I think it's, I think it's important to stress that though, because you know, if you, if you work with an, an external facilitator, um, you don't always get the feeling that they're really bought into your success. And the, the, the committee that we put together, I think one of the reasons that it was so powerful and productive is because the example was set right from the very beginning, um, both in the communication that people received from Enda, who is an exemplary leader and, uh, and opens up spaces for, for brave conversation and blue sky thinking. Um, you know, frankly, higher education sometimes suffers from a reputation of not being welcoming or being critical of new ideas. And, and Enda really did set that tone. Uh, and she does in, in, in every interaction you have with, with her. You know, and then we had you who did a, a masterful job of explaining the process and 
you know, and, and being the, the head cheerleader sometimes of motivating people, myself included, to, to do a video when you may not have been comfortable or, you know, uh, using a new technology. I know we used Mural uh, a bit, um, you know, and, and, and creating that buy-in. But the committee, I think, was, I mean, we, we carefully, we, we had a list, honestly, of about 40 people that we had to whittle down. So it was an, an embarrassment of riches, really. Yeah. And, and the reason why our um, 13 or 14 people, I don't remember exactly how many were on the committee. I, I think the reason why they stayed so engaged is because they understood that they represented hundreds if not thousands of colleagues um, who would have very gladly served in their place. Um, and so the, the plan that they were creating is meant to serve those colleagues um, that, that you know, our, our committee was so, is so dedicated to. Um, and I, I think that's why they stayed engaged, even though I know originally we thought this was gonna be an in-person uh, uh, retreat to, to kick us off. Um, but even though we didn't have that uh, opportunity, people stayed, stayed very engaged and um, came up with a, a, a strategic articulation that was far beyond anything I could have imagined we would produce. Well, engaged they were for sure. And, you know, we did have the richness of, you know, uh, having those contributions. I mean, it was interesting, you know, you mentioned, you know, kind of recording the videos. And I just remember thinking when we were sitting in our sessions, um, the beauty and the inspiration and just having a random committee member articulate their particular vision, you know, perspective of a vision um, and how inspiring that was. And I, I would often think, man, I should probably be recording this. <laughs> and then to have someone else weigh in with it. And um, in some cases, um, uh, beautifully challenge it, you know, and make um, make two points that met in fusion even better. Um, and then to be able to put those in a structure that we were able to come away out of this process with some pretty well articulated vision snapshots that, you know, now that whole team can say, you know, these are the 12 things that we want to see out in our five to six year future. And here are the things that we're going to do to kind of start walking in that direction. Um, the fact that they all went through that collaborative process together um, and they know that um, these are the things that are most important, the priorities that are most important that we have to get right. Um, and now and, and they've got this kind of placemat of a plan. Uh, to be able to guide that process that was really well received from your from your board, I think is um, again at a high level a description of you know that's how it was designed to happen. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they get me. <laughs> so, yeah. Go ahead, Marissa. No, I, I I was just saying the experiment works. It's successful. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, and and you don't you don't you don't get to that kind of. I, I mean, I don't. I know your listeners 
are hearing a lot about the strategic articulation and, and don't have it in front of them, but it's, it's both achievable and visionary. Yeah. And, and those, that's a rare combination. I read a lot of strategic plans and I think, oh yeah, that sounds great. You know, you and what army are going <laughs> to, and, and just, just on Monday, in fact, I was looking through uh, the implementation timeline and the, um, you know, think big, scale fast um, um, milestones that were included. And, you know, I can, I can already assign staff to different things. I can see where we have some gaps and um, I'm excited to, to, to get it, to get started. You know, um, it's not, it's not a document that's just going to sit on a website or, or sit in a, a folder somewhere on, on somebody's right. desk. It's going to be right. a, a live um, process that we yeah. go through over the next six years. Well, you know, as a, as a partner and a friend and a fellow Buckeye, <laughs> um, I, oh, <laughs> I am excited to have been a part of that process and to watch it unfold. You know, I have a, a, a common vision for what I, I know that you all are about to create on the horizon. And I can just tell all the listeners, be excited about it. Just know that um, somewhere there is a student, either in your family or in your friend or your circle of influence that's going to attend the university and um, is going to be um, impressed on about the importance of having a global, you know, kind of perspective and they're going to explore and want um, an education abroad experience. And because of the forum on education abroad, there will be standards for that. Um, there will be partners that connect and collaborate on them that will be done in an equitable way that, you know, this opportunity will be extended to one and all um, that, that, um, that, that hope for this and that they have uh, been very careful and deliberate about articulating the vision and the work required to create that. So bravo, bravo for that. Thank you. Thank you. I, um, I really can't say it any better myself. Uh, uh, I, I appreciate your to our success. Um, I heartily second your, uh, your urging people to talk to the young folks in their, in, in their lives. And it shouldn't be a question of if they're gonna study abroad or, or do an internship abroad, it should be when are you going to do it? And absolutely. Yeah, there, there's lots of, um, lots of thought have gone into health and safety planning, um, even before COVID of course, but now especially since and um, I just I just can't impress upon you enough how important it is that we not leave a generation of students behind. Um, they're not competing with you know students from that state up north, otherwise known as Michigan. Uh, yeah. they're, <laughs> uh, they're they're competing with um, eager, intelligent, and you know motivated uh, students in India and China and 
all around the globe. So they need that global mindset to really be competitive and to make our country competitive. So, Absolutely. So Absolutely. Well, we are certainly you know, on the precipice of watching that unfold. And thank you to you and the forum for your work to give us something to look forward to, um, particularly in trying times now as we watch people's really struggle in kind of trying to find their connectivity um, and having them have exposure to each other in such a way that's been so carefully thought through. Um, and intentional by your organization just makes me feel a lot better about the world that we're that that we're that we're living in. Um, if if that doesn't sound if that's not too much sugar for your tooth. <laughs> well, thank you. Thanks to you, Reggie, again for helping us along the path to to making that a reality for every student that wants to to participate. It's, well, uh, it was absolutely my pleasure, and thank you so much for joining me for this conversation. And I've been eager to share this experience with folks that are keen, keenly focused on understanding organizations and leaders like yourself that are kind of charting their way to fulfilling their purpose and their mission to create the impact of their work. And so thank you for so much for joining this conversation. It's been my pleasure. Absolutely. Thank you. And for our listening, uh, for our listeners, you can certainly enjoy listening to uptomeradio.com, which is um, our uh, host organization. And you can go to the Finding Your Forte channel, which this is a show on that channel. If you go to the page, you can subscribe for updates. You can get free gifts. You can get sponsor promotions and more. All of that's on the page for uh, uptomeradio.com. So that's up the number two me me radio.com and then of course stay connected with us on facebook and instagram at up to me radio that's the channel in both cases podcasts can also be heard on apple podcasts on spotify wherever you listen to your podcast just search for up to me radio and or finding your forte and you'll be able to find this and many of these similar conversations. And with that, I will close out our time and invite you to always find your forte, compose your masterpiece, and play your crescendo. Have an amazing day wherever you are.
moment as it fits my life. Don't wanna rush my lessons though. Oh, I embracing my future, learning from my past. I'm counting all my blessings. Ryan here and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18+. Plus.